Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 74 for Wednesday, October 10th, 2018. How's it going, onesies? Did you guys have a good uh, Thanksgiving? Happy uh, happy belated Thanksgiving to you. It was uh, yesterday for me. It'll be two days ago for you guys. Hope you all had great dinners and great times with your families. You're all by yourself, jerking off, crying into your microwavable dinners. Whatever's going on in your life for Thanksgiving, hope it was good. I'll be telling you guys about what my week was like. I did some samplings. I uh, spent a lot of time sitting around playing video games. I wasted a bit of my life last week, but I had fun doing it, right? I could be miserable and working and productive, or I could have fun doing sweet fuck all at the end of the, at the end of this journey, you're going to sit down and go, was it worth it? Huh? I had fun this week and I'll read your emails too. I'll talk about all sorts of stuff. I, uh, not a whole lot happened last week. Like I said, I wasted a lot of time playing video games, nothing to show for it, except a smile on my face at the end of the day, had good times living a life that I would never do. I was playing Grand Theft Auto a lot last week. Jason was uh, also playing some games, but he was playing uh, the Assassin's Creed, uh, Black Flag, great game. I still haven't played it because I have a bunch of games I I've not played. And then he downloaded the new, uh, what was it called? Assassin's Creed Origins. And, uh, the funny thing about that was, was I think he got it the day it came out and, uh, Jason plays on computer. Um, and, uh, there was a big issue with, uh, with his computer. He's got a very powerful computer, great computer, uh, that didn't work. Uh, downloaded the game and it wouldn't, it wouldn't load. It would freeze <laughs> and, and then bounce back to the main screen. And, uh, sad times were had by all computer people. Jay was on, on the web. So I'm sitting here in my underpants playing Grand Theft Auto, loving life, having a great time. On PlayStation, Jason's on the computer, uh, just just losing his mind because, and rightly so. I mean, fuck, if I paid 80 bucks for something, day came out, got all excited, and then was like, sorry, you have a computer, Eugene, so you're going to need to sit here and update drivers and blah, 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 blah. That's one of the things I love about console games. You don't sit there and have to go on the web and update them. They, they do all that shit themselves. They make it nice and idiot proof. But the thing too, is he tried to contact them to be like, Hey, this, this thing's not working. Apparently like everybody was having the same issue on computer. So uh, I, I guess they expect the nerds to be able to solve their own problems on game launch day. And it was, it was just funny. We were having a household of game playing, but, uh, but he got shut down hard. So he ended up playing the, uh, the other one, just a fun night. We also, uh, there was a red blacks game on, on Friday. That's how far into my week. I did absolutely nothing is I leave you guys on Tuesday. And uh, I'm like, oh yeah, the next thing of note in my week was on Friday night. Um, I, we uh, we watched the some of the last bit of the Red Blacks game. I kept going into his room to, you know, see how his how his fight with uh, Ubisoft was going for his uh, Assassin's Creed game, and uh, the the Ottawa Red Blacks were playing the the who were they playing, Jay? They were playing Saskatchewan, huh? How about that, international listeners? Ever heard of Saskatchewan? What a stupid name for a place. Um, they, uh, they were playing Saskatchewan, the golden blue jerseys, some of the ugliest fucking jerseys I've ever seen in sports in my entire life. I don't even know what the fuck they, they look like. Uh, yeah. Just two horrible clashing colors, gold and like Royal blue. But again, versus the black and red, it was honestly, you ever watched that movie, any given Sunday in that movie, the sharks main, main team, right? Coached by Al Pacino, Jamie Foxx, new quarterback, Dennis Quaid, the older quarterback. Great movie great movie the sharks were black and red and in that movie they played some of the ugliest team color combinations i think it was just so that you automatically hated the other team that they were playing against absolutely no empathy capable whatsoever and i think in the last game they played like the the fucking texas knights or something like that they obviously made up teams and they were just again gold and blue that's exactly what this game looked like but uh ottawa was down i don't even remember the exact score but they were down by uh what 15 had to be 15 points because they were down by two touchdowns but one of the touchdowns you knew had to be a two-point conversion in the last what three minutes of the game they managed to score a touchdown field goal they they did a kick they forced a turnover on the other team they managed to get another touchdown um even though they got uh what was it like a guy like a 10-yard penalty so they were like first and 20 at one point they managed to to get another touchdown convert on the two points and then I guess uh, I don't really watch a lot of Canadian football, much like the rest of the world. And uh, I, I didn't realize that their overtime, unlike the NFL, where they just play, you know, another period and whoever scores first wins. 
Uh, in the CFL, they both, they play like a little mini game where you start off in the 30 and you drive towards the end zone. You know what I mean? And whichever team scores the most in their attempt of drive wins. So Ottawa has this massive comeback, three minutes in the game. So again, two touched at three minutes, right? These fucking idiots had 57 minutes to do that. They didn't. And then in three minutes, they managed to score two touchdowns, one regular field goal and the other two point conversion. And then, uh, and then they play these little, these little peewee hockey or <laughs> peewee football games where it's, you're already starting the 30 yard line. Um, they allowed, uh, Winnipeg to go first. Winnipeg scored and got the two point conversion. Um, and Ottawa did not, but they came back, they showed, uh, they lost with infinitely more dignity. Uh, but it was exciting to watch. So we were all in Jay's room watching the last few minutes of that. Myself, Kamar. It was, uh, that was exciting. That was probably, well, that was probably the most exciting thing of the week. How pathetic would that be? No, it was, it was fun. I haven't, I haven't been that excited to watch sports in a while. It does help having a home team, you know, a dog in the fight. So did that. And then this weekend that passed, uh, I got to do my first time ever working for my, uh, my brand ambassador company. I got to work doing grocery store samplings. That was shitty. Uh, for starters, it started at nine o'clock in the morning. None of my other stuff for the most part has ever started that early shy of the PlayStation VR things. And that one's fun. You know, you're excited to do that. You know exactly what you're in for. This was like, all right, you're gonna be in a grocery store. You're sampling, uh, you know, coffee. I won't say the brand cause they don't pay. Um, but yeah, they, uh, I had to sample a coffee grounds, uh, dark roast or something. And I guess like the LCBO, I'll give you guys just a little bit of a contrast at the LCBO when you show up. They already have like a rolling sort of booth thing, a podium that has like, you know, an ice bucket built into it. It's not bad. The setup is relatively easy. Grab a couple of bottles of what I'm doing off the shelf. They print me a few price tags, a little garbage bin, and I and I bring my supplies. That's that's one of the helpful parts is that I get to bring the supplies I need. So like cups and napkins, I go and I expense them. Easy peasy. I have what I need when I get started. This one was like, no, no, you don't need any of that shit because they have it all at the grocery store and anything that you need, like, you know, coffee, creamers, and sugars, you just buy from there. Well... I show up and, uh, it took a while to get anyone to even bring me to the area where I would find all of my supplies and my supplies were like spoons, napkins, cups, well, the cups weren't even there. Like, listen, I gotta tell you the first box that I found of use was like napkins, gloves, hair nets, uh, and I think garbage bags. That was it. They're like, here you go. And I'm like, okay, well, what about fucking, you know? sugar packs and all that stuff. I guess I'll have to buy that here. Hopefully they have it here. Um, secondly, uh, no cups. And I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be a real issue. So this area was like a goddamn disaster zone. Like if you've ever walked into the back of a grocery store to use their bathroom and you just see like boxes upon box, I, I can't even describe it. I should have taken a picture and posted it just so you guys knew how, how all over the place this back room was. We're talking easily zero exaggeration, a hundred to 150 boxes just sort of scattered on top of each other, not stacked in any kind of readable order that would, you know, make it easy to access just boxes thrown everywhere. So I, at one point I'm, I'm digging around trying to find the other stuff that I need, like the cups. Again, the disadvantage of not bringing this stuff myself, I bring it myself. I know I have everything I need this where I'm digging around the back, looking for it. I find they had pop-ups for me, which is like a stand that you put a, a like, you know, an advertisement banner on. They got, you know, rolled up posters. And at the same time too, I got to find this, like, uh, this, this table, like they don't have a rolling podium. They've got like these build up, tear down tables. And it's not like a folding table either that you would use, you know, those gray top ones and the foldy bottoms. No, no, this is, uh, this is something that's made out of like fucking corrugated plastic cardboard and you have unfold. I, I, I don't want to waste too much of your time going into it. All I got to say is that I, I start building this table. It takes, it's frustrating as hell. I get it finally built. All right. I managed to find after digging around in the back, I managed to find the cups. I'm like, okay, well, at least now I have cups. I've got cups, napkins, spoons, and gloves, but I don't have, you know, my, my coffee creamers, my, my soy milk, my sweetener, my sugar packs. Again, I, I you'd think in a grocery store, they're going to have sugar. I didn't know if they'd have sugar packets, you know? Cause that's what you want to give to people or sampling. You don't want to be like, Hey, just go ahead and let's have an open dish of sugar. Everyone knows how gross those get. You get little balls of granulated, right? Someone drips a little drop of coffee or something in there. The next thing you know, you got all these like big thick balls of sugar that have basically encased some other foreign substance that have found their way in there. Ugh. grocery store. People are animals anyways. So 
I managed to get myself almost entirely set up. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to get the coffee maker set up. The one that they showed me, I opened the coffee maker box and there's no pot in it. The machine's in there, but there's no pot. So I call the, uh, I call the fucking, uh, I guess field manager or whatever, who was nice enough. She's like, yeah, I guess you're gonna have to go out and buy one. We'll expense it, blah, blah, blah. So I leave the place all together. I drive over to a Walmart again, another magical adventure. There's not there. There was one relatively close by, but it's like, yeah, who wants to go to Walmart? Right. So I get the, the, the coffee maker, come back, set up. <clears throat> and by now, I guess the other person who works in grocery stores, unlike the LCBOs, they have multiple people sampling at the same time. So in this one, the other person has shown up and then she takes me again. She, she knows her way through the box maze, you know, the, the goddamn garbage dump of boxes in the back where they're all over the fucking place. And she manages to find somewhere buried that you would never think to look a coffee maker. She goes, Oh no, here's a coffee maker. So whatever, all that was for nothing. Um, what else? I don't know. I, I, I finally got everything set up. I bought all my shit, got started and I think it was like two and a half hours by the time everything was, was done, which apparently they expect because this other girl took a long time to set her step to, you got to get ice to ice on things wearing, you know, plastic glove, rubber gloves. I, the, the first day was like, ugh, it was frustrating the setup portion. But then once you knew how to do it, once you knew everything was relatively easy. Okay. And, but this girl I was with, what is the nicest way that I can express to you guys. Cause the thing is I could not tell you, but then you wouldn't know how frustrating this is. As soon as I tell you, you go, mm, that would be annoying. I get it. So I have to tell you, I have to tell you the other person was somebody who was on the spectrum, you know, not deep, not down the spectrum in that regard, but, uh, somebody definitely on the spectrum, definitely a little past Asperger's that's, uh, and this person, because they knew they had done this before and I hadn't immediately put themselves in a mental position where they needed to tell me every last little thing all day, the entire time, every two minutes, walk over to my station. Every time that I would, you know, walk, uh, I had to run to the, the little staff room every now and again to, you know, make more coffee, get more water. I'd come back and they had moved things on my display and tried to make it, you know, and it was just, this person would not stop. I never lost my patience with them, you know? part of me growing and learning mindfulness and being an empathetic human being. I get it. I get that this is just somebody who probably is not the go-to for a lot of things. And now that this, the opportunity to tell someone else what to do all the time, because they're the one with the experiences reared its head, that that's now what I'm undergoing. So I just grinned and bared it and it wasn't that horrible, but it kind of was. And I got through it. That was Saturday. Um, and I may as well finish this particular story rather than having to make it day by day. But that was my Saturday day. And then Sunday, when I came back again, and we had to tear all this shit down afterwards. So Sunday I come in, I know where everything is. I get myself set up all nice and good. This person isn't coming in for two hours. So I'm like, I'm going to get everything done. And that way I do not need them constantly saying, we're not saying like I was making mistakes and this person was correcting me. This person was just constantly coming up going, you know, you're supposed to put this there, right? Okay. And, and you know, you have to, you have to. Uh, put your stuff on the ice. Okay, perfect. And you know that you have to, like, if you go anywhere, you have to take your stuff off the table and you have to put it underneath the thing. Right. Okay. They just constantly walk up and be like, okay, so uh, at the end of the day, just make sure you do this. And it's like, ugh, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Uh, again, never said that. I just grinned and bear it. So, so day two rolls around and I'm like, today's going to go better. I'm going to, you know, ignore them. <laughs> just, I mean, I'm going to let it slide. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to hand out samples of coffee. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. I'm going to ride off in the sunset with my money. Uh, day two, they, uh, I get a message from the field rep saying, I know you're probably already doing that, but make sure you're wearing a hairnet. And I told her the day before I'm bald. I don't have hair. There is no, nothing to catch in that net. And, uh, so day two, she's like, yep, uh, just make sure you're wearing a hairnet and, uh, and a net over your beard. And I'm like, okay. Um, well, part of the frustration of this other person was that they were constantly going through my boxes and looking for my stuff. And again, feeling the need to, to try to interfere with what I was doing. Um, so when I went in the morning, day two, again, she had been there two hours after me, my box that I had my stuff in had been moved and a lot of the stuff was taken out of it, including the hairnets. For some reason, the hairnets had been removed. So I messaged her, I go, um, my colleague seems to have, you know, um, moved items from my box, including the hairnets. I don't know where they are. Um, so she's like, well, ask the staff at the store. So I asked the staff at the store for hair nets and beard nets. Um, again, I've never worn that shit. Um, I've never had to for any of the samplings or events that I've done in the past. 
Um, I do find them particularly degrading, regardless of who's wearing them, but we'll get into that in a second. So I, I put the hairnet on, I put the net over my beard when I finally get one. Um, I asked the staff, they, they helped me out, but they didn't have any beard nets. And then I tell my, my supervisor, there's no beard nets, but there's a hairnet. And they go, well, you just use the beard one on the bottom and do it opposite. I go, all right. So I'm wearing this thing over my fucking mouth and mustache, you know, and I take a picture. I look so stupid. And then she's like, oh, you don't have to cover your mouth. Just cover your beard. I'm like, well, my beard goes up over my mouth. So I pull the fucking hairnet down under my lips, look even more stupid. And I'm like, both of these just look ridiculous. So I pulled the beard net completely up over my face. And I said, I just realized my eyebrows are still exposed. So I better cover them up too. So I actually pulled the the beard net all up over my entire face. My Now my entire head is covered in net. I look like a fucking beekeeper. And uh, I give a big smile and a big thumbs up. And here we go. Now we're, now we're ready to do this. God forbid. Oh, that's the doorbell. One sec. Ah, it wasn't even for me. It was for fucking Jason. Um, what was I bitching about? I was going to up the stairs and Jay and I were talking about the thing he bought. He bought fucking card holders. So like for, for senior citizens who cannot hold their cards, the, the weight of cards is a, an obstacle that they are no longer capable of. So if they're, if they're playing an old game of bridge or gin rummy or whatever old people play games that were taught before the thirties. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like a little fucking, it looks like a, a, a thinner, gapped napkin holder and you just stuff cards in it and just holds your cards. So, and then you place them down in front of you so you can see your cards and, and very likely the person next to you can see them as well because of the way that they're sitting and they're not tilted so that they, you know, you can see them They're They're sitting straight up and down. So you'd have to push them back far enough that you can see them or pick it up and look at them and you're showing everybody at once. What a stupid purchase. All right. I was bitching about coffee and the spectrum person or whatever. Oh yeah. The beard nets or whatever. So beard over my face, fuck you. My eyebrows aren't going to fall out. It was just, I was so, it was humiliating. It looked absolutely stupid. Customers were no longer interested in approaching. They would like, look, you would see the smile or the laugh. And I totally got it. And I'm like, Hey, I was even joking with some people that like, like, here's the thing about hair nets. All right. Your, your first instinct, right? The, um, you know how I, I said on the podcast a long ago that everything now has the reason. And then the real reason, well, the reason people wear hair nets is for sanitation. I mean, we're dealing with food and you have to make sure that things don't get in food like hair and whatnot. It's for sanitation purposes. That's the reason. The real reason is if you've ever looked like, I know that my, my colleagues, when I worked at Domino's, uh, were all wearing like hair nets and beard nets and things like that. And they looked stupid. Um, uh, but it's like, oh, but it's for sanitation for food and all this, you have to be wearing them. And I was like, I guess, but, uh, but here's the thing. You don't see people wearing hair nets and beard nets in a fancy restaurant. You don't go to a nice place and see people looking like that. I mean, you would think you're paying more for the food. The food is more exquisite. You would want that shit in your food even less. But the idea is, is that I think that it only, they only have that in places where the employees are like, this is judgmental. And I don't really mean for it to be, but, I, but just stick with me. It's like where the employees are like, you know, gross. If that makes sense, a minimum wage sort of locale. So the real reason is like, it's not so much that like, you know, oh, we got to go it for sanitation reasons. You look at a waiter in a nice restaurant. Like, oh, that's a clean person. It's a, I don't want to say distinguished, but it's a, it's a dignified human being. This person's not going to, this person's not going to fall apart in my food anyways, because they bathe and have hygiene. The places that make you wear a hairnet is where it's like the pimply faced fucking, you know, uh, teenager or people that you think are gross or whatever. So the whole idea is it's not so much that we don't want to get stuff in our food. It's, we don't want you particularly in our food. We'll go to a nice restaurant and have a nice person potentially fall on our food. It's just you gross goddamn grocery store gargoyles that we don't want in our fucking food. You know, if you chuds could just, you know, it's bad enough that they let you guys have jobs and we have to look at you, but for you to fall off in our food, you you know what? Stop shopping at places that you don't, you know, those people are going to be in your food somehow or the other. You have an issue with it. Stop shopping in places that have gross people in your food. I don't know. That's, that's my thoughts. I think it's, it's not, it says less about the, the, what you're doing. Like I said, that it being a food service kind of thing and more about who's serving it to you. Right. Cause you don't have that in fucking nice restaurants. And if you guys have a fucking issue with them saying, guess what? Send me an email. All right. Get mad at me. At least communicate. Let's start a dialogue. Okay. Contact at one man podcast.com anyways. So 
And these fucking hairnets on, it made the second day worse. She wouldn't shut the fuck up about, hey, make sure you do this, make sure, repeating the same shit over and over that I do without, without needing her. Ah, it was awful. I'm like, I'm never doing this again. I'm never doing this again. Um, so on Saturday, right. First day of this, um, you know, pre hairnets, um, my buddy Aaron and his lovely girlfriend, Hillary invited me over for a dinner, uh, in celebration of Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we went over, she made a delicious, our buddy Andrew was there as well. Um, we, uh, she made an absolutely delicious, uh, butter chicken with broccoli in it. Oh, so goddamn good. Um, we hung out. I got to see the new house. New house is absolutely lovely. Um, they got a new dog. He's a couple months old, but they got a new dog. He is, um, a boxer, I think four month old named Bosco. And, uh, yeah, we played some games, had drinks. Oh my God. And then, uh, and Hillary made this amazing, like, like Buffalo fucking, oh, I guys, I can't even fucking tell you how good this was. So goddamn good. She made this Buffalo, uh, chicken dip. So it was like Frank's red hot shredded, shredded cheese, cream cheese, um, sliced chicken breast. Oh my God. And then she baked it in the oven. We're just sitting there. Oh my God. It was fucking good. We played some games just to, just for my board game people listening. We played, uh, Takedo, which normally Aaron has never, uh, it's not my brother, Aaron. This is my friend, Aaron. Um, Aaron has never disliked a game that I brought to their place. He hated Takedo. So again, anyone doesn't know the games, it doesn't matter. Takedo is a very popular sort of calm, not, it's not overly competitive in the sense where you're trying to attack other players or beat other players. It's more of like, it's just, you're trying to stack points faster than them. It's like basketball. You know, what other people are doing doesn't really matter as much. You're just waiting to make a mistake yourself. Someone gets in your way, whatever it is. Uh, I'm shitting on basketball. Basketball is the most boring game in the entire world to me. Uh, next to golf. Anywho, um, he hated Takedo. And then we played uh, Sheriff of Nottingham, which he enjoyed. So there you go. Board game guys. That's what we played. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was a fun night. Went home, woke up the next day to do the, the second day at grocery store hairnets. Blech. And then after that, my good buddy, uh, Mike LeBlanc. Uh, podcast listener, good friend, stand-up comic here in the Ottawa, my partner in crime for our Los Angeles trip. Uh, Mikey invited me to his family's place for their Thanksgiving dinner, um, which was out in Rockland. Uh, I, I met his brother, uh, his sister-in-law, his folks, nephews, all, all the wicked people. Great place. His brother is a firefighter, was telling us some very, very funny stories, some very sad stories about, you know, situations that he's been in and, and whatnot. You know, firefighters see a lot of stuff. Sometimes they're first responders to, you know, odd smells coming out of apartments that no one has seen the owner come in and out of for a few weeks. If you know what I mean, if you don't, don't bother asking, it's only going to upset you the answer. Um, so yeah, he was telling us stories. They had a lovely home. They actually have hockey borders. Um, so they got kids that come all from all over the, the country, you know, doing uh, the hockey league things. And they put them up, they got rooms for them and stuff like that. So great, great, uh, you know, hockey family, good people, good times. We had drink, fuck again, this, the spread that they put out, like we had so many different kinds of dips and hors d'oeuvres and things like that before dinner. Dinner was absolutely amazing. Um, had a great time there again. Uh, just, just, Oh, like, I mean, I can't even remember all the stories and things that we talked about. We talked about some of the stuff in LA. I talked with Mikey's folks, uh, you know, uh, sister, like <laughs> she's sending us, uh, Mike's sister in law is sending us to, um, sketchy areas of Los Angeles. She wants a knockoff Louis Vuitton bag. And she's like, I don't care where you have to go, <laughs> how many trunks or fucking vans you have to get into. Um, but yeah, so she, she wants a Louis Vuitton bag, a knockoff specifically. And that, that immediately fills me with anxiety because I'm like, I, I'm not afraid to talk to people. I'm worried that, that it's not a good enough quality knockoff. You know what I mean? I don't know if you guys know enough about knockoffs, but some of them are good knockoffs and some of them are shit knockoffs. You know, you, you get it. And the first time you, you know, put a little clutch in it, the fucking stitches of the, of the straps rip out and, you know, it's just complete shit. It's like Walmart clothing been a lot of years since I bought anything at Walmart, but I remember buying like boxers at Walmart. You put them to the wash once and all the stitches in the crotch have been like dissolved by water, <laughs> you know, water soluble stitching in the fucking Walmart. So I just worry like, yeah, I'll get you a knockoff, but you know, how do we know it's going to be valid? It's not like you get a fucking return policy when you're buying out of someone's coat, you know, down in the middle of South central Los Angeles. Brah, brah. Um, yeah. So we're going to try to do that for you, Terry. We'll try to get you one of those crazy knockoff bags and hopefully it's a half decent one. Um, 
but yeah, so that was my weekend. I had a, I had a good time. I, uh, try the sampling thing. First half of the day. Oh my God. Awful. And then I got to eat food, which made me happy again. So happy together. Uh, what did I do yesterday? Thanksgiving day. I did. Oh man. Yesterday was fun. I went to have breakfast with my mom. And, uh, yeah, I may as well talk about this. Yeah. This fuck this person's policy. I'm going to give them negative fucking, let me just put a little note here. Air B and B bastard. That's how I'll remember him. Um, okay. So, um, I had, I had things I had to do yesterday, so I wasn't able to, you know, partake in, it's not like my mom was going to cook a dinner, but just, we, we didn't have plans. Uh, you know, didn't do our, uh, our regular errands on, uh, on the weekend. As a matter of fact, actually I did fucking hook her up though. I took her to, uh, to Costco on Saturday, very briefly in between the two things. And we got some pumpkin pies there. Um, yeah. So we did a little bit of it, but we didn't have time to do like our full shops. Anyways, I went to have breakfast with my mom yesterday and, uh, and she brought along her, uh, her iPad or whatever. And I was going to set her up with Airbnb. She's going to a trip, uh, a wedding in December. And I told her, you don't get, uh, don't get a regular hotel. At least take a look at the Airbnb app. So we, we looked around for some stuff like that. She found some great places. She loved in Toronto. Uh, I mean like full condos to herself. Um, but she messaged me this morning, showed me a message because she, hi- she booked a place that's good for up to six guests and it's just her. Right. So this, this was the guy's policy. Uh, it, the, the wording of it was a little fucked up because he said something like, um, uh, minimums, minimums only if less than four people and the minimum, sometimes like Airbnb will be like a minimum of three nights because I said, uh, minimum only if, if, um, if more than four, if for four people, the way it was worded was basically saying that like you, there's only a minimum if you're four people or more. So we were like, it didn't say minimum of four people or more. It said minimum only if you're four people more. And she was staying for the the minimum amount of nights anyways, as one person. So I go, oh, okay, that only counts mom if you're four people. And I go, I assume that he doesn't want to book four, four people or more for one night because then you just have more to clean up after for the, for the one night. You'd rather have people for a few days if you're going to clean up after four people. That made sense. So this guy uh, sends her a message today saying, sorry, Paula, I'm, I'm looking to book for four people or more. Otherwise it's uh, $30 more per night. And it's kind of like, um, I said, I said, what sense does that make? So you're basically saying that you, you want to clean up after more than one person. Why would, why would the price change at all? A hotel room with two beds, you could have four people in the hotel's not like, yeah, it's more since it's just you. It doesn't fucking matter. This guy's not selling extra things. She's paying the same cleanup fee, everything. This guy's just cleaning up after one person instead of four. And this guy's like, nah, it's got to be more people. If it's less people, it costs even more money. Again, it's not a per head thing. So this guy's a fucking idiot. Um, I mean, tell me, tell me if you, if you disagree, right? I, I mean, I sounds to me like having one person stay in your place versus four a, it's less likely when there's more people, there's more cooking and shit. If you're a single person, you probably just eat out. It doesn't make any sense that he would charge more for less people because again, it is not a by the head basis. You know, you'd pay a premium if you do that. Some places are just really fucking cheap. Anyways, fuck this guy. So I'm going to have to help her find uh, another spot, but she was very excited for this when she first uh, booked it and uh, she will be booking another one. So I got her set up with Airbnb. And then uh, after I had breakfast with her, I recorded a, a, another bonus episode for you guys, man, you're getting lucky. I take good care of you. A bonus episode of the One Man Podcast with Lamont Ferguson. So the week I did here in Ottawa with Paul Meyerhan and Lamont Ferguson, my two buddies, uh, we gave you guys the bonus episode last week, of course, uh, of Paul Meyerhan. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's been getting a lot of downloads. Um, some really funny conversation. I really had a good time with that one. And uh, and then I had a good time with my buddy, my buddy Lamont yesterday. We recorded the podcast. Uh, it will be available for you guys on Friday. So again, I recorded that podcast before I recorded this one, but you're going to get this one before you get that one. Oh, man. Got to keep my timelines in order, like filming a movie. What's the continuity of all this? So that's what I did. And then, uh, and then the rest of the day, like we, we had some fun chatted for a while. And then the rest of the day, I just sort of, I watched some, I got some shit ready for the trip. Not anything of note really, but just, just trying to make little lists of like what I need to bring. I started watching some YouTube videos on how to pack. You know what I mean? Like just what's the best pack. Cause we're not bringing, we're not checking any bags. Um, and I, here's the thing. I have actually two like carry on bags. I was under the understanding that you got to take two carry on bags with you. It's not the rule seems to be that you get to take one carry on bag and then like one personal bag. So, um, both of the things I have, one of them is like a Samsonite sort of like briefcase carry on bag. Um, so it's bigger 
it looks like it could be a personal item. And then I have this other one that's like, kind of like a, like a duffel bag. It's not, it's duffel bag shape, but it's much smaller um, with, you know, the, the, the handle and wheels and shit like that. So I'm trying to think if I can c- convince them that one of them is a personal effect and the other is a travel bag. But long story short, because when I go to LA, I'm bringing the, the podcast equipment. I'm going to be sitting down with some, some comics. We're going to be recording some podcasts, having a good time. So I need to bring all the podcast gear. Then I need to have my regular tech shit, my, my computer, you know, uh, iPad, that kind of shit. And I need to bring clothes for a week in Los Angeles. So i um, been watching YouTube videos, trying to see how much I can compress everything. I might just have to ditch the duffel bag one and, uh, and just go with, um, you know, rolling shit up and sticking it in my backpack. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to see if I can, if I can pack smart and light and get all that shit done. I really don't know which one would be the smarter one to, you know, bring or leave behind. I'm staring at them right now. Like they're both relatively big. I think I can fit the same amount of shit in my, in my, you know, mountain equipment co-op bag that I can in my duffel bag. It's just going to be, especially if it's just clothes, but ah, who fucking knows? We'll make it work one way or the other. I'm just not looking forward to it. I, that's the thing too, is like, I almost want to take the chance and go to the airport and be like, ah, here's my two things. And they're like, yeah, you can only take one. I don't want to fork out, you know, 50 bucks to, to send one underneath at the same time. I don't want them to be like, well then fuck you. You're not getting on the plane. I'm like, oh shit. That's, that's an incredibly large expenditure. So, you know, I might just chance it. I might just chance it and be like, yeah, here's my stuff, you know? I'm not waiting for it to come off the fucking baggage carousel. I'm, I'm taking it on the plane with me. You know, I don't think they'll make a huge fucking fuss, but yeah, you know, we'll find out. It won't be, it won't be on the way there. You know, it'll be when I'm trying to come home with it. And they're like, no, it's going to cost you this much. I go, you fucking cocksuckers. Um, all right. What do we, what do we talk about now? Huh? You guys have any packing chips? You know, do you guys have any, uh, things about uh, travel that have worked for you? Any of my people that travel around a lot? I might have a potential, <laughs> I haven't even heard back from them yet, but I, I had another travel solution that, uh, I'm really, really hoping to hear back from soon. Um, I was going to order something, but there's not enough business days. And so I reached out to them and was like, Hey, you know what? Why don't you guys send it to me expedited expedite, right? That's the Greek goddess of quicker shipping. And, um, <laughs> it's like, Oh no, I'm knocking over water bottles and maybe we'll see if, uh, if they want to give me, you know, a, a little deal and I'll give them a little advertisement, I'll be their, their good little fucking promo bitch. Talk about all the wonderful things that they have, but I won't even say their name until, oh, oh, two normal emails. I'm taking a look here. The fuck is this guy? I have, I have several matters that need to be discussed. Now I have a Scotiabank. I have a situation with Scotiabank that needs to be resolved. You guys, even though I don't, uh, don't have a Scotiabank account. So this'll be interesting. This one looks actually good too. I actually looked them up. They're a real credit, uh, real credit thing. So I've never had a Scotiabank card, so I don't even know why they're like, we got to get your Scotiabank thing issued properly. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I don't, uh, don't have a Scotiabank issue or card. So, you know, everything's good with that. Go fuck yourself. Sorry. Um, so yeah, tell me about your packing tips, guys, your travel, your your travel routines. If there's anything like I'm trying to bring my shaving stuff or whatever, but all my, all my dollar shave club stuff is in more than the allotted hundred, three ounce slash hundred milliliter containers. So I might have to buy some containers, but if you put them in a smaller container, then they're just like, well, this container's not labeled. Ah, this is, this is what my anxiety does is it's just like, well, fucking, how do I do it and just make it work? So maybe I just don't, and I buy bullshit Barbasol while I'm there and I don't moisturize any of that stuff. I just fucking do it. Shut up. It'll cost me like what? Six bucks. Six, seven bucks. I mean, there's, it's in the States. I can go to a goddamn Walgreens and get travel size shit. You know, I don't bring toothpaste. Ah, that's just what I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to buy it when I get there. Oh, look at that. I'm solving my own problems. Thanks for letting me talk it out, guys. You're a good sounding board for that. Um, one other thing last week, Jason bought, uh, so this is funny. You guys know those, like those, those boxes that they send you. I got one for my brother from HelloFresh. Those boxes where you, uh, you know, they send you food, meal things, everything you need for the meals. And you just follow the instruction cards, cook it up, bada bing, bada boom. You know, you're, you're good to go. You don't have to, it takes the thinking out of a few meals. Well, Jason bought one, um, and he didn't get it from HelloFresh and he didn't get it from blue apron and he didn't get it from chef's plate. Nope. Jason went, uh, and he got it from a company called good food. 
you know that that marketing department was really working hard on uh, on the name of the company. They're like, uh, what do we want to say? We want to be something like, like Blue Apron or or Hello Fresh or Chef's Plate, something that just really lets people know that uh, you know it's it's good food that we're sending. Uh, what about good food? God damn it, Johnson, you're a fucking genius. All right, guys, that's lunch. Let's get out of here. What a stupid fucking name for a company. Stupid, stupid, stupid name for a company. Judgmental, yes, but stupid, stupid name for a company. But old Jason, king of the stupid, stupid consumers, he found it was like, nah, I don't know about this HelloFresh thing. Doesn't doesn't quite let me know what it is. Good food? That's what I want to buy. Duh. Anyways, um, so that's what Jay did. And he made up a bunch of things. There was like this, uh, this like, uh, you know, uh, fresh lasagna sort of thing that they had very interesting he made that up there was like a udon noodles with uh with shrimp and then he made like a curry chicken curry with hummus and and you know zesty cauliflower so it was good it was actually good to see him cook because he never cooks he's like i fucking cook all the time and i go jay you never fucking cook he's like well, i make fucking eggs i'm like frying eggs or boiling eggs isn't cooking i mean it, it technically is but on the smallest scale i'm like congratulations you're one step over craft dinner Anyway, so he's been doing that. I'm happy for him. He's expecting the new box now. As a matter of fact, when I went to answer the doorbell earlier, that's what we were both expecting it to be. I also have something I ordered that that may or may not come today. It's supposed to come Friday. Ah, I hate I hate buying shit online. I like instant gratification, and I realize some places are just direct direct from manufacturer. You got to wait for them, but I just hate it. They're always like it's going to be here on this date, and then it never is. The anticipation. I don't do well with it. I'm an instant gratification guy. I don't deserve it. I'm not entitled to it, but it's what I like. All right. Well, that's, that was, that's all I've been doing this week. Playing video games, eating, bitching, working, you know, I, I really don't. Oh yeah. And here's the thing I'm doing. I'm doing two more grocery store. I, I, I spoke with uh, my buddy, Eric from karma today. And he's like, I got more grocery store things if you want them. And I'm like, no, fuck that. I don't like the hairnets. I'm not doing it. The goddamn animals. And he's like, it's in the peeing and it's just like veggie bites. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. Fuck. So even though I'm like, nope, not doing this again, I'm doing it again. That's, that's how much I stick to my goddamn convictions. So I'll be doing that, uh, that this week. I'll tell you guys about that. All right. Anyways, I'm I, right now. I'll, everything that I got is I am just excited for this Los Angeles trip. Okay. I'm super excited for my Los Angeles trip, trying to get myself prepared in terms of packing and in other ways, such as my friends at portablepress.com. And uh, this week, I'm going to be reading from the book, How to Fight a Bear and Win, and 72 Other Real Survival Tips We Hope You'll Never Need. And so going to Los Angeles, I fig figured I might uh, I might need some things to survive in Los Angeles. Go in the wrong neighborhood, right? Pick up this Louis Vuitton bag. You know, what if shit gets real? So today's uh, article will be how to make a gun. <laughs> Perhaps you're stuck in an abandoned shack in the middle of the woods and there's a bear coming at you, or you're in Los Angeles and you have a big fucking mouth. Who knows? Uh, that's, that's my ad. You got to do what you got to do. All right. What you'll need a metal pipe or tube block of wood, a nail, 22 caliber ammunition and rubber bands or a spring. How to do it. Find an appropriate barrel. This will be the most important piece of your gun. You will want some kind of metal pipe or tube that can fit a 22 caliber bullet inside. A pipe from underneath a sink, the leg from a metal folding chair, anything like that will do. Attach your barrel to a block of wood using glue is fine, leaving you a flat wooden surface at least a couple inches long behind the back of your barrel. You will use this wood surface to build your firing mechanism. File down the tip of a nail so it no longer comes to such a sharp point. This will serve as your firing pin. Attach your rubber bands or springs to the wood block. You will be using these to pull back your nail. Oh, by the way, there's no pictures here to make this any fucking easier. All right. It ain't a DK book. All right. Uh, attach your rubber bands or spring to the wood block. You'll be using these to pull back your nail and propel it to the bullet at the opening of your barrel. Rubber bands will be the easiest, though they may not always strike in exactly the same location. Mounting a spring will be more consistent, but may require a bit of extra hardware. Place your 22 caliber round into the back of the barrel. You can use any size of ammunition, but a 22 is recommended because of the smaller size of both the round and the explosion. Fire. Pull back your rubber band or spring and release. The striker slash firing pin will make contact with the cap, which in turn will propel the bullet out of the barrel. If all goes well, you've just fired your own homemade gun, and there's at least a reasonable chance you haven't blown your hand off in the process. And that, guys, is how to make a gun. So I can show up in Los Angeles, shit gets real, I whip up my little Dennis the Menace gun and go, you guys better back off, flipping, flipping, flipping. 
reloading it like a goddamn musket in the 1800s. Uh, at the end of this article, guys, there's actually another little section that they had, I guess, just was too small to make its own page. This one's called How to Make Water in the Forest. So since it's part of the uh, the page, I'll give you a little added bonus here. Even if the climate is hospitable, like in a forest, you can only survive for around three days without water. Luckily for you, water all around us. I think it should say water is all around us. Uh, you can extract water from green leaves. Let's assume you forgot to bring water with you to the wilderness, but you did bring a plastic bag. That seems unlikely. Put the bag around the green leaves at the end of a tree branch. Seal the bag tightly, tying it off with a paracord. Ooh, paracord. That's coming up a little bit later on. Um, yeah, there you go. All right. This is perfect that this was here. Seal the bag tightly, tying it off with a paracord or something similar. The green leaves will release water through condensation and the plastic bag will prevent that water vapor from being released into the air. As the day goes on, those drips of condensation will begin to pool inside the bag. By sundown, you may have as much as a cup of water. Woo. That's how to make water in the forest, fuckers. So thank you. Partners at PortablePress.com, Uncle John's Bathroom Reader. How to Fight a Bear and Win is the name of the book, the article, How to Make a Gun, okay? So that's what you guys need. Um, nothing comedy-wise going on this week, and frankly, I'm a little uh, a little happy to have the break, but I will strongly recommend Friday's episode with my buddy Lamont Ferguson, last week's bonus episode with Paul Meyerhar. You guys check that shit out. Both of those gentlemen will be in the Kingston area. I believe this weekend Paul is actually... Um, in Kingston. So fuck or Maybe that was last week. Either way, he's in, he's in Toronto, uh, this week then ah, for fuck's sake. Are we doing this? Are we doing this? Give me one sec. I'm going on the website. Going to the website. Absolute comedy.ca. Maybe make a little extra promo for them. Who the fuck is in Toronto this week? Clickety click, clicky click, click, click. Hurry the fuck up, slow internet. Jesus Christ, what am I paying for? Jesus Murphy. This is taking forever. It is Paul. All right. So Paul Meyerhaw is headlining at Absolute Comedy Toronto. My buddy Lamont Ferguson. I don't know if he's headlining this week or hosting, but uh, but he is in... Um, He's in Kingston and then Toronto. So there you go. A couple little little notes of the dudes going on here. Uh, so check out absolutecomedy.ca. Of course, there's great shows all the time. You can see who the fuck is on and where and uh, why and how and uh, all the other W's. <laughs> Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now, you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. Ah, your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. Mm -mm. Oh, there you go. Whack my fucking coffee cup right into the goddamn. <laughs> right into the microphone. How, can I swing this book open without hitting it? Nope. All right, guys, who did I forget? Huh? Who did I forget? You fucking know by now. I didn't, A, I didn't forget him, and you know who damn well who it would be. My, Jesus, Josh is so goddamn aggressive. So aggressive. We're just talking about books here. Who gets this goddamn angry about books? All right. 
Guys, my partners at DK, Dorling Kindersley, my super favorite partners. Everyone else is quantified as less than them in terms of my preference. Um, battles that changed history, huh? How about that for a book? Every week as of late, it seems like I'm reviewing something that's about bettering yourself, something to, to make yourself more whole, mindful, empathetic, right? To become one with everything, something very zen, very peaceful, very whole. Not the case with this week's book. Oh, this one is exactly the opposite. This one is all about conflict, battles that changed history, guys. Smithsonian, all right? Not just the battles of the Smithsonian, but all sorts of things. Uh, <laughs> Smithsonian is, of course, one of the sources for a lot of the artwork and things like that in this book, because this book, oh, it's got pictures. I like pictures. Pictures help me stay focused, all right? Give my brain a little bit of color, a little bit of context, make things nice and easy. So this book is all about battles that changed history and not just, you know, recent ones, um, about battles all throughout. All right. I'm going to give you a little bit more detail, but I want to start by reading a little bit of the description of this book. Okay. Just to, just to help give a little context to, to put my ramblings in some sort of order. So battles that changed history. When was the world's first recorded battle? Which conflict sparked the decline of one of the world's longest lasting empires? How did a pirate become the hero of an empire? Battles that changed history traces the course of over 2,500 years of human history through more than 90 of the most pivotal and important battles, from the ancient battle of Marathon to the modern-day Operation Desert Storm. Compelling maps, paintings, and photographs illustrate the impact that these famous battles have, or sorry, have had on world history and cultural over, sorry, culture, oh, culture, not cultural. Sorry, I'm reading it with the glare of my light right overhead. Uh, and culture over the centuries. Uh, analysis of key commanders from Alexander the Great to General George S. Patton, as well as visual explorations of the evolution of military technology, help explain some of the most famous victories and crushing defeats in world history. With a noted battle maps that draw out key strategy details and artifacts offering a glimpse of what life was truly like on the battlefield, Battles That Changed Histories captures a remarkable and brutal story of war throughout the ages. And I could not have put it better myself because I am inarticulate. Now, uh, this book is... As usual, fucking outstanding. Um, it, just just to give myself a refresher, because I did read it this week. This one I made it through. The, the contents, what it does is it does sort of take you through a timeline as opposed to just being like random stories of battles. As always, DK gives you a real good introductions of the types of battles that were that are going on, what you're going to see. Everything from tactics, locations. So uh, it's, it's very interesting. The the first chapter being the before, uh, you know, 1000 CE, they've got the Mar Marathon Greco-Persian Wars. So you've got the information about the phalanx and things like that. So basically like some of the wars that you see, uh, you know, sensationalized and, and, and whatnot in uh, 300, right? They say Sparta! You see like the phalanx that they refer to, which is the, the shields and the spears, right? So how every man is a part of the phalanx. Uh, it's part of a, it's a chain effectively, and you can't have a weak link in the chain because there's one weakness in the phalanx. Someone goes, and in fact, the shields, when they were protecting, the shield was not to protect yourself, but as a matter of fact, your shield was to protect the man to your left, his weak spot, as you thrust your spear on the right. You know what I mean? So if you have, you have one spot or, or sorry, you to the, the man on your left, you're protecting his right, his weak spot that he'd be using for the spear. So, um, it's really cool. And there's all sorts of images that, that, that show the different, uh, you know, weaponry and things like that they were using. There's a lot, I mean, I, I'm not going to go through every single one of them, but there's like the battles of Thermopylae, um, a, a ton of different ones. The maps are great in this, the, the etching, some of the, um, uh, what do you call it? The artwork that people did of these battles is in this book. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, the, the conquests of Alexander the great are in here. Uh, we talked, you know, in the past, me and, uh, Matt Davis in our interview, we're talking about Alexander the great and, uh, Diogenes, you know, so Alexander the great old fucking war cocksucker. think he had the, the world by the balls, walked up to old Diogenes, you know, thinking that he's the man who can offer him anything. Diogenes, what can I do for you? And Diogenes, oh man. That silver-tongued devil, he goes, uh, you can get out of my way. You're blocking my son, bitch. Um, again, only I can take history and make it sound completely stupid. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, let's put it this way. If you don't give a shit about history or war, you probably won't enjoy this book. Um, I mean, I mean, if you, you don't give a shit at all. I enjoy history. I'm not really a big conflict guy, again, with all my, my mindfulness. But understanding how things go, because of course, Marcus Aurelius had a lot of intelligent views on war and battle and things like that. If you read the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius, uh, not a DK book, but just a, a great book. Um, 
there's a lot of things. The Roman Gothic Wars are in here. Um, I'm trying to jump, uh, just jump ahead because I, I read so much of the stuff. It was just kind of like it's hard to, to you know, uh, encapsulate each one and, and build my own thing, not without taking forever to do it. But there's like uh, Genghis Khan stuff. And uh, in case you think that I said that wrong, it uh, turns out that's how you pronounce it. It's not Genghis Khan. It is Genghis Khan. I learned that from Tom Rhodes, uh, who performs in uh, in Mongolia all the fucking time. So, um, yeah, the, there's there's the, the stuff of the Genghis Khan. Um, let me see if I can find something that are a little more. The more things that you read. I mean, I, I, I learned a lot about, you know, different, different things. Some of these, I can't even pronounce this, right? Like Lake Pipus or whatever. I didn't, for the Northern Crusades, I didn't know a whole lot about that. And if I said it to you, you probably, oh, well, I mean, maybe you paid attention to school or your school went real in depth into this shit, but um, I'm trying to find some more. So there's definitely some stuff about uh, the fall of Constantinople, which I found particularly interesting, right? Because I played Assassin's Creed Revelations and that's where you were. You were in Constantinople. All right. The fall of Constantinople, Byzantine and the Ottoman Wars. Um, I, I know about, you know, Constantinople's not around anymore. It's Istanbul. How do I know that? Oh, Istanbul is Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul. What is it? Yeah. Istanbul was Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Been a long time gone. Constantinople. Why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's business but the Turks. Uh, good song. And uh, you learn some history with a little bit of a bounce in your step, eh? Gets your toes a-tapping, and they they can't help but make you learn. So if you've got a date in Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. Even old New York, I'm flipping pages, was once New Amsterdam. Why'd they change it, I can't say. I guess they liked it better that way. So take me back to Constantinople now. No, you can't go back to Constantinople. Been a long time gone, Constantinople. Solferino was another one. Italian Wars of Independence. All right, you get the fucking idea. I mean, I'm looking at some of the ones here, the Battle of Gettysburg, and there's maps here showing you where the where the the Confederates and the Unions were were going, how they moved north for their battles, how they flanked them. Just pictures from the fucking field, the the cannon artillery, the different flags. It it's really really something guys if you are a history buff and you like war, this is not there's a lot of books like hey, World War II or hey, like you know, ancient civilizations and things like that. This one is great because it does focus on the battles themselves. So you, if you are a, a, a war, a conflict buff, this is a great fucking book. Um, battles that changed history. I hope, I really do hope, you know, and I'll do this, the Operation Desert Storm section to remind that one was really, really cool to check out. Uh, anyways, I, I hope I've done it justice. My reviews are not crazy great, but at the same time, you know, I ain't much of a reader. You got to put pictures in real of it, but I really, really like this book. And this is a really cool, again, this will sit on my shelf for a long time as a reference to certain things, certain, certain wars and certain battles. And to just to remind me, you know, everyone knows that, uh, that old saying, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So uh, I want to make sure that if Mongols come running across my front lawn, I know how to take those fuckers out. <laughs> Battles that change history for my, my friends at DK. Thank you to all my partners as always. Portablepress.com, absolutecomedy.ca, Summersby, and DKbooks.com slash CA. It's not DKbooks.com. It's DK.com. Is it DK? No, it's DKbooks.com. Jesus Christ, Josh. You had it right. You're a fucking idiot. Anyways, um, having said that, guys, coming up this week, not a whole fucking hell of a lot. I, uh, I got a bonus episode for you guys on Friday with Lamont Ferguson. I mean, I'm sure more things will come up, but I'm never... You know, I, I never know ahead of time, um, sh- you know, maybe 30 minutes prior to me getting, I was kind of getting ready to record the podcast when I took those extra grocery store samplings. So that's like the only thing I know that I'm doing work-wise Uber in the morning, grocery stores on the weekend. Uh, that's it. Bonus episode for you guys with Lamont Ferguson on Friday. I really hope you enjoy that. And with that comes email time. Uh, as always, the email address is what I tell you 16 times an episode contact at one man podcast.com. I would love to hear from you guys. I want to know, have you guys tried those mail order food things? Do you like them? Are they good? You know, do you find that it's too much, too little recipes, too weird, too intense? Um, same thing with the, the packing and travel tips. What do you guys have for me? Anything that you can suggest? Did you, did you read something? Do you go to a blog? How do you get ready for your, your flight travel to take as little as possible? Cause again, we are not doing any checked baggage. Want to make sure that it comes on and off the plane with us. Um, and I'm bringing again, all the podcast equipment because I'm hoping to have some really cool and fun interviews for you guys when I'm there. Um, we're going to be recording, um, you get one more episode that comes from home and there's actually going to be an episode of the podcast that is recorded in Los Angeles at our Airbnb or God knows where, uh, with Mikey and I. So, um, we'll be telling you about what we did so far. 
Um, the social media is going to be amping up big time. So be sure to be following because I'm going to be showing you everything that we're doing. Everyone I'm talking with, I'm, I'm seeing the Kimmel taping. So, you know, you guys will see what some of the behind the scenes, like it's going to be, it's a good time. So if you're not already following the social media, one man podcast on uh Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and you'll get some of that shit. But having said that it's email time. Uh, my buddy, Chris writes in, Hey Josh, I wrote last week's email in haste. I knew you were going through a dry spell and thought I have time. So I banged one out for you. Not thinking that you may have no idea what paracord is. See, told you we get to paracord. So here's everything I know about this colorful string. Paracord is the string used to attach people to, to, to people or things to parachutes. Uh, the most common cord used for these handicrafts is classed as 550. It's a polyester or nylon rope with a core made up of seven individual strands that can hold up to 550 pounds. All right, so it's a weight classification. Um, this is true when dealing with real paracord. The stuff you find in the craft aisle at Walmart or Michaels may not be that strong. The idea behind these crafts is that in a pinch, you can take apart the bracelet or whatever else you made uh, and have that much high strength cord at your disposal. For most projects, one inch of braided cord uh, of one inch thickness requires one foot paracord. So an eight inch bracelet will have eight feet of usable cord. You don't have it cut. You don't cut several pieces of it. Now it's like a, like eight one foot pieces or it's one. That is one thing I'll ask you, Chris. It's you're saying an eight inch bracelet will have eight feet of usable cord, eight feet uh, end to end. I would imagine not. So I just want to clarify that. Um, but yeah, I get what you're saying. And the 42 inch rifle sling that I made for my father-in-law's new gun will have 80 feet. It's twice as wide as the average braid, therefore requires twice as much cord. Uh, they are survivalist accessories. I'm lost in the woods and I need to fix my bootlace, make a hunting rifle snare, tie together a shelter or fuck, you know, hang yourself. If you just get sick of the struggle, <laughs> um, looks like I'm going to have to take apart the sweater nanonet for me. You said, yeah, as for my custom plates. I do a series of random ones and zeros. And when someone asks what it is, I'd say it's binary for whatever the hell I felt like saying at the time. Um, yeah. The only thing is you can only put eight of them on. And if I, I know anything about binary, a sentence or a saying, or even a word would require several dozens. I think it's very, very creative. And I do like the thought behind it. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of something I like. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I like the ones and zeros and you're like, oh, it's binary for whatever. But, uh, but I think if anyone knows binary, they're going to go, nah, it's, that's not enough ones and zeros. Not enough, buddy. You're going to have to get into hexadecimalism, which I believe is the similar, the same thing or, or, or something very close to it. But uh, I like that. And then you find you close off with 10 days and counting, buddy. I'm sure you're excited for your house. And that was, that was a few days ago. You sent this. So you're even closer now. You're even closer now. I'm excited for you and your host. And thank you for sending that in again. I don't give a shit what you guys send in. I don't care. I mean, I care, but I, I'm saying I, it, I'm not like, well, if it's not about this, I'm not reading it. You send me an email. I will read it on this podcast. You can send me an email like Mika does telling me how stupid I am, um, <laughs> for not knowing things. I, I only say things like that direct and blunt to provoke a response. Uh, it's like the same way I attack red for, for her complete lack of knowledge on uh, essential oils. Uh, <laughs> like these is it anyways. Um, <laughs> that's what I like doing. I like having people that I love very much who are loyal, who are supporting my stupid ramblings. And then I attack them publicly on the same thing. That's what I like doing. So, um, I appreciate you guys listening as always contact at one man podcast. You send anything you want and, uh, and I'll read it. Okay. Uh, thank you to the sponsors as always. And as usual, if you're listening to this for some reason on Facebook or somewhere where you're not, you know, subscribed on your mobile device, um, you know, Go find it on uh, Apple. Go find it on Android. Uh, if you need help, send me a message. I'd be more than happy to help you find it. It's free and always awesome. Of course, all you guys who are listening, um, again, if you could just take two seconds, I know it's a pain in the ass and maybe some of you have been like, fuck yeah, every week he says that and I've been meaning to just leave me a five-star rating on whatever app that you listen on. Uh, if you could write a little two-second review, just yeah, awesome podcast, part of my week every week, a anything, I don't care. It just helps with the numbers, right? The better the numbers, the better the sponsors, the better the sponsors, the less time I have to spend uh, putting hairnets all over my fucking face to, you know, make the goddamn, uh, make the world work, you know, to keep me in video games so I can waste my life. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast guys. As usual, I will be here next week and look at that. We got in under an hour. All right. Well, at least by the time I'm done talking to me under an hour, I'll talk to you next week, guys. Last podcast before the trip. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs>